Welcome back to Geeking Out over Star Wars. My name is Zachary, and as always, I am joined by my friend Shamari. What's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, glad to be here, as always, uh, talking Star Wars. I know we have a pretty interesting uh, show uh, for today, so I'm excited to jump into that. Today's today's definitely a little different and a little shorter, right? So this is the first time we've had a back-to-back in a while in terms of weeks, back-to-back weeks, because we just had such a big break between um between episodes last time so this week this month really june we decided let's do a couple of smaller stuff in between the big releases that we can talk about and and let some more time between bad batch um go through uh, how's your progress on thrawn uh progress it's it's uh, it's uh getting there uh slowly but surely um uh it's getting there like i mean it's kind of this um not much to update since last time it's it's uh it's still very political. A lot of 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 um, strategy, of course, with Thrawn being Thrawn. So, I mean, I'm loving it, but um, but yeah, I haven't gotten too much farther. Maybe a quarter of the way through. Okay, cool. So that's something I definitely would like to talk about with you, and love to get your full thoughts when you're done, though. Obviously, um, yep. we don't really have any news to talk about today. There hasn't really been anything big happening in the world of Star Wars. Um, it's, it's, it's been slow. We just get releases of Bad Batch each week, um, and we are gearing up for the High Republic. So while we're waiting for the second phase of High Republic, uh, so while we're waiting for that, though, we figured this month we kind of do, um, some smaller shows, um, and we are thinking a couple top ten lists. And for this week, um, Shamari mentioned last week we should throw together, like, a top ten Imperials. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. We are going to talk out our top 10 Imperials in, in Star Wars history. Um, we have not seen each other's lists. We have not talked about each other's lists. Um, yes. So we don't know who where it syncs up, where it differs, where what our placements are. Um, we really had no rules except for one, and that we could not include Vader, and we could not include Palpatine. Um, I, I feel like that's a fair rule. Oh yeah, very fair. I mean, I, it just—I feel like it just makes the most sense because Vader is Vader, so of course he's going to be at the top of really probably everyone's list. And then Palpatine is Palpatine, so you know he's also going to be high on everyone's list. Uh, so really, just makes the most sense to just kind of exclude them. And with everyone else, it just makes it much more interesting. Yeah, I um, it would have been too easy to include those characters at the top of the list. Um, so this gives us a chance to kind of shine some light on some Imperial characters that that others may not know, uh, which is kind of cool, um, and some that don't get too much, uh, well, let's just say screen time. I think one of the interesting things when I was looking through all the characters to be able to select through and whatnot, outside of the ones that came to me immediately, uh, was that I was wondering whether or not, you know, because when you look up Imperial characters, a lot of the time you're getting people from the sequel trilogy also um, in terms of popping up uh, like um, Admiral, you know, General Hux or or um, uh, the guy that was in the new one, I forgot, played by a, uh, man, I don't even remember. See, that's how much I've blocked out Rise of Skywalker. What's, uh, I don't know, but either way, those characters that are part of the new, uh, of the First Order, who also right. have ties going back to um, the mm-hmm. regular Empire, so that's an interesting thing. So, um, mm-hmm. I say let's dive right into this. Um, we can kind of just, uh, I, how, how do you want to go back and forth with this? Um, uh, so did you, did you want, uh, maybe one of us give our list similar to how we did, did the, um, the books? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. So one of us will start off with 10. The next person will take 10 and nine. Okay. Next person will take nine and eight. The next person, eight, seven, so on and so forth. Um, all right. Cool. Uh, I'll, I'll start us off then. I'll start us off. I, you know, where in right. terms this leads us, who's going to be number one first? I have no clue because I, I can't think that far ahead. Um, but I'll start us off. So here are the, here's the start of my top 10 Imperials in Star Wars. At number 10 is a character that has no name. Um, oh, and he was only in a couple episodes of The Mandalorian. And this is The Client, um, played by Werner Herzog. Um, and ah, this is okay. the, this this is the person who was um, who had originally set up the bounty to uh, for 
Din Djarin to be able to get Grogu, who didn't know, you know, didn't know Baby Yoda, blah, blah, blah. Didn't know who he was back then. So um, this was that first guy. Um, and we know we don't know too much about his story. Uh, but I think and, and this might be a little bit cheating. This happens a couple times on, on the list. But be, because it's Werner Herzog and it's just like there's just so much presence. And a lot of this comes from the actor that like I just loved him immediately. Um, you know, that all the, the famous line that bounty hunting is a complicated profession, like it, mm-hmm. every sign of thing that came out of him. And because he's so mysterious um, and all we know is that he has ties to the Empire. We don't know what his rank yeah. was. We don't know what he did before. And we know this is now six years after, you know, the Battle of Endor. Uh, so it, it's just so is a character with so much mystery. And I feel like in terms of inserting who I love so much, and this might be because of his screen presence in The Mandalorian. But I had to put him at number ten. I I had to. Um, That's a very interesting. That's a very interesting choice. I take it he's not on your list. Uh, no, he's not on my list. Oh, you know what? That okay. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> but but I don't I don't necessarily disagree with in terms of of his presence. I I mean I loved him as a character in season one of uh, The Mandalorian. I mean I probably didn't include him just because I know so little about him and. And there are some people on my list that we don't know very much about, uh, but I mean there are several that we know quite a lot about. Uh, I mean, so I'm sure we'll have a lot of the same people, or at least some of the same people. Yeah, I'm. I'm um, so. I'm so curious. I'm so curious. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. Why don't you take nine? T- take your ten and nine. All right. Uh, so my ten um, is Gallius Rax, uh, who was who was the um, of course he's the enemy in the aftermath trilogy. Um, Five minutes before this show, I I was sitting here pondering whether or not I should put Gallius Rax on this list. Yeah, he he squeaked into the top ten. Um, I have several honorable mentions that I don't know if they made it onto your list or not, but Gallius Rax squeaked into the top ten. Well, who's your honorable um, mentions? That goes first. Uh, well, then we'll my, go back to the list. Okay, yeah. So I have I actually have four uh, people honorable mentions that I didn't. So Callus uh, mm. from Rebels didn't make my list. Mm. Which I mean, I know he kind of moved into the rebellion, uh, but Callus didn't make my list. Um, uh, Brendel Hux was an honorable mention. He, he was all there's a lot of mystery surrounding him, and I know he's of course he's connected to General Hux, or you know Armitage Hux, Hux however you want to call him. Um, I have uh, Magna Tolvan, who was uh, Afra's love interest in her comic. I kind of like her as well. Um, so, uh, she was also an honorable mention and I have agent Terex from, uh, mm. the, or from the, uh, Poe Dameron comics. I, I didn't add him. He honestly, he would have made my list, but he was more of a first order person to me. I didn't see much of him in the empire. Um, though I know he was probably in the empire for a while, but, um, but yeah, so he didn't make my top 10 just cause I didn't see enough of them. There are like, in same thing with Brendel Hux, there's some people that I just didn't see enough of them for them to make my list. Um, uh, yeah, Gallius Rax is the 10 for me. Uh, he was just a very engaging character in the Aftermath um, trilogy of books. There's a lot of mysteries surrounding who he was. Of course, there was a long-running theories about him being Snoke, which ended up completely not being true, but regardless, it was very interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I just very much enjoyed his character. He seemed almost like an untouchable figure uh, until the end of the trilogy. And uh, yeah, I kind of love that that quality in an imperial person, where they had almost that sense of untouchability and also a sense of wondering why they're doing what they're doing. But um, but yeah, he definitely cracked my top ten. I think that's probably. Um what almost got him onto my list was that untouchability factor. Like he is this massive looming presence in the aftermath trilogy. Um, and what he's doing and the whole mystery of what he's trying to accomplish. I feel like the, what would have kept him out, what kept him out for me, um, was not knowing the true end goal, you know, like Mm -hmm. there was like, there was obviously more that we don't know about after the aftermath trilogy. And so while he was, great i think there's another character that's also in that trilogy that cracks mine um so it's it's okay. when i was looking at it, it was like which one am i really putting in which one do i want to take um 
but 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 he is such a great character and he's one of those like over like overpowering evils that you just can't seem to touch mm, yes yeah. absolutely agree all right so you're number nine uh so my number nine is gideon hask uh from the star wars battlefront um star wars battlefront 2 Ooh. And the Twilight Company. No, not Battlefront Twilight. He was in um the other one, the second one. I uh, Inferno the Squadron. Yeah. Yes, Inferno Squad. Yeah, he was in that one as yeah. well. Um, yeah. yeah so he cracked my top ten as well. So I liked his relationship with with Inferno Squad, and I like how he was kind of the the one that stayed with the Empire when. Um, Iden Versio and, and Del Mico left, um, and he kind of stayed with the Empire and then the First Order eventually as well. Um, you know, there's just a just seeing them interact with him, interact with his squad, and seeing how he was he was very much a team player at one point, and then eventually his loyalty to the Empire kind of trumped everything. Um, you know, and just and just the deviousness of that is just how could you, <laughs> you know, stay with this would stay with the empire and, and try to execute operation cinder like that. So, so I, he made my list as well. Um, he is also, uh, played by an actor who is in arrow, a show that I watch. That's what I, I, okay. So I'm like, yes, uh, I know who you're talking about. I know who yeah. you're talking about. And it's the guy from arrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> and see, now it's going to bother me. So I have to look it up. Yeah. Which if you watch arrow, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. So, um, uh, it's a uh, black canaries, uh, father in the you know the you know i forget his name i don't know why his name is paul blackthorne yeah there you go yeah by um, uh, and he plays um lance Cap- captain lance, lance. Yeah. yeah plays captain lance yes so um uh so yeah that that kind of gave him a couple more points as well there for that so yeah he's my number nine it was definitely really cool to see him in the battlefront um campaign the battlefront 2 single player campaign i was like ah, i know that guy that's cool <laughs> i love when they get like recognizable faces this is oh, awesome yeah i yeah. know oh, he was he was a great character especially after watching um both Aiden and dell uh kind of defect and then him being such a stalwart and like really going up against them um outside of creating conflict in that situation um he definitely was he was he was a cool character um he definitely oh, was yeah. a cool character for sure. Um, all right. So my nine and eight. So at number nine, I have your honorable mention, Agent Callus. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I figured he'd be on your list somewhere. <laughs> you know, it just the and that was like part of that thing when we were talking about um, you and I did mention going in. Are we including people who crossed over? Right yeah. from from the empire to rebels or from any bad faction a good faction, um, and I just felt like the three seasons he spent as this main antagonist, and there were quite a few antagonists throughout the series of rebels, but the three seasons he spent and voiced by the brilliant David Oyelowo, um, mm-hmm. he just has he has a great presence and he's so persistent and um, dogmatic and he's he's like he's smart. But then to watch his progression from Imperial to then turn Defector and how he was working and they didn't really know, um, there's just, there's something about him that is unlikable, but also likable. And I think his, his, and this, you know, you can call it unfair, but his relationship that forms with, um, with Zeb and, and Mm -hmm. everything that goes on with the crew kind of really more, like he was humanized before, but even does so more. And I just love where his character goes. And so while maybe while he was an Imperial, he wasn't my favorite Imperial, but just that overall character growth makes me one of, makes him one of my favorite Imperials. Um, so, mm-hmm. but not good enough to crack your list, apparently. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't quite make it. <laughs> he did not quite make it. I, I think I disliked Callus for too much of Rebels for me to add him in. Um, I didn't, I didn't love season one of Rebels, period. Same, um, same. And Callus was a part of that. So I just thought he seemed kind of just like, okay, the foil guy. And I didn't even like him as much as I enjoyed the Grand Inquisitor whenever he showed up. So 
I was kind of like, oh, okay, Callus is back, and blah, blah, blah. As the series progressed, you saw a lot of growth with him, so I definitely see what, you, see what you're saying. He, he ended up probably being one of my favorite Rebels characters, but I think, again, I didn't like him for so long. I'm just like, ah. I, he probably he just doesn't crack my top ten. You know, I think I see that because I feel like he's very much that classic Empire character, like going back to the movies yep. more, where he's so mm-hmm. he's very just persistent and constantly like this same note and I'm gonna get you and blah blah blah. Um, I right. guess because he went from that to where he ended in the fourth season, right. that's where I'm really looking at it. Plus, again, as I said, with in terms of who's playing them, the people behind the characters, I love David Oyelowo and everything he does, so I feel like that sways me. So his his performance and his delivery is fantastic and top-notch every time. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. So uh, he's my number nine. My number eight, and I'm so curious if he even like, was in your orbit of thinking, is... Former loyalty officer Sinjir Rath Velas, ah, um, of the Aftermath trilogy. Um, did he crack your thinking at all before I go into him? Uh, uh, no, not at all. Nope. Not at all. Not okay, little... all right. I'm, I don't know if I should be like ashamed or proud of myself. Um, <laughs> he is a character that is first off voiced excellently by. Now I'm drawing a blank on the narrator. For the um, for the audiobooks, but um, was that Mark Thompson? I think that's Mark Thompson. Uh, I think it was. Voice brilliantly. Um, I what I what I like about his character again. He's another one that when I so he was an ex loyalty officer. So he worked for the Empire, and his whole thing was, like his title says, loyalty officer. He's like testing the loyalty of the Empire's officers. Like that was that was his job, and it was to like working in the i believe in the isb right the internal security bureau mm-hmm. um and so he he was he was a snake he was a snake through and through making you know, trying to get as much information out of you as possible and he was a genius at it and what i loved is that we see the transformation in the first one where he goes from this ex-loyalty officer who's just down after the battle of endor he's left he's like but he's not with he's not trying to stay with any of the factions but he hasn't joined the rebels um, so that we find him in this weird place and admittedly the weakest of the trilogy. Um, and then watching him mm-hmm. join this group but not really join and having these tendencies that he just can't shake and he stays true to his character throughout the whole thing. Um, he's just, yep. he, he's fantastic throughout the whole, I, I just, I loved his performance that by Mark Thompson. Um, there's just so much flair to him. There's so much, there's like, you definitely get that whole when he's delivering like I'm going to get the information out of you type type voice. Um, um, I'm going to mm. I'm going to bother you. Like, I'm going to be here and you're going to hate it and I'm going to get what I want. And I just think he that carries over. Like, I can imagine what he was in the Empire and then it still is present when in his time with the New Republic. And I just think he's a wonderful character who whenever he was like whenever his chapters came around and his point of view chapters came around, I was just always engaged all the time. Yeah, Sinjir was he was one of my favorite characters in the whole Aftermath trilogy, but particularly the first one, um, because the first book wasn't as good as the as the as the others. Um, but he was I think he was one of the shining spots, I think, of the first book. Um, so I really did enjoy his character. Uh, so, yeah, I, I absolutely don't disagree with anything that you said. I think I just didn't think of him as much of an Imperial, even though he was an Imperial, but. For most of the trilogy, he's not with the Empire. He's not. I feel like he has such Imperial tendencies, though, that uh, yeah, like that. Yeah, it yeah. just kind of show. It's shown through whenever he was, uh, no matter what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree with that. I think that's true. Um, uh, he was just. I think he's just so likable, which seems very, which seemed very not Imperial. <laughs> fair, no, fair enough. No, fair enough. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay, um, so you're eight and seven. Or, All right, so yeah, you're my, eight and seven. So my eight is Sienna Ree uh, from Lost Star. Um, and now you and now you picked somebody that just was not even in my orbit because I just completely forgot. <sighs> oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, this list is going to change right after we finish. I hope oh, you know that. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, I messed up your list. Oh, right. you messed up my list. Uh, 
Yeah, so she she had to be on my list. She, when we when we even thought we were doing this, I was like, so she's got to be somewhere on my list. Um, so she cracked the top ten at number eight. I was thinking about putting her higher, but there were too many other people that I loved that I I thought were great in in the Empire. So she made it to number eight. Um, but I mean, I really don't even have to go too in detail with the explanation. I love her story. Um, uh, of how she ended up being becoming. Uh, kind of moving up the ranks of the empire and seeing going from seeing the empire as kind of a a, a positive force to, to towards the very end realizing just what was going on and like the very very end and and just seeing her and of course her relationship developing throughout throughout the book of lost stars as well um with uh, i forget his name i don't know i forget his name but with the with the um the male <laughs> love love interest obviously was it Thane? Uh, yeah i think it was Thane. yeah uh, yeah i think so yeah um but um but yeah she was she was wonderful in this book i think it just her exploring her psychology uh, was one of the first i think instances of us exploring the psychology of like a normal quote-unquote uh imperial someone who isn't just a robot or someone who isn't just you know, obsessed with power, but really wants to make a difference. Um, so yeah, yeah, she easily to me made my top ten. Damn man, damn. All right, see now, and I, I I'm not gonna say who and what, but one person just fell off my list, and then a few spots oh, just moved. <laughs> <sighs> wow, that was quick too. That happened really fast. Yeah, she was. See, that was one of those first books um, that. Mm-hmm. was released during that when once Disney purchased Lucasfilm um yep. and it did it did such a wonderful job exploring the empire and humanizing so many of the officers and so many of the people working for the empire and and seeing that it wasn't just this evil overlord um entity but that these were people with motivations and feelings and Sienna was not power hungry she was not out to destroy everyone um and so yeah the psychology and and where she starts and you know what it's almost we get to see her through so much of her life in that one book which also makes is what part of what makes the book so special because it starts from like before a new hope and then ends with the battle of um jack who yep so uh, curse you man keep keep going (laughs) All right, I'll keep going. So next on my list, so number seven, I have Soaring Keys, uh, which, I mean, we've talked at length about Soaring Keys. Um, but, yeah, seeing him, he's kind of another one where he is not a robot in the Empire, though he kind of acts like one often on purpose. Yeah. Because, of course, he's a narrator, of course, or, or, you know, kind of the third person kind of perspective of seeing in his head a bit. But... Um, but he's not. He actually cares all. He's he's fighting for his, for his team, primarily. Um, you know, so he is a soldier through and through. Um, but again, he's that soldier that's fighting for for his comrades more than the more than the cause, quote unquote. So, and of course, he's just he's so you know kind of talented. And then he wasn't even with the Empire for quite a while. He was just Devin for a while good for the times entire, the entire like first book you're just like who is this guy why are we focusing on him so it was really uh yeah it was it was great seeing his progression throughout the um the uh, alphabet squadron books which is where he appears in the alphabet squadron books so it was it was wonderful seeing his progression he's definitely one of my favorite imperials um i think we i even said on our podcast when we talked about it that he's in my top 10 but he had to be here, so he is my number uh, seven. We've had. I yep. will. Uh, I will rant about the character later because obviously he's on my list. We both talked right. about how he ends up on our top ten, but you might be surprised where he ends up actually placed okay. in my top ten. So I'll 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 keep that to myself for now. But great character, obviously. Um, all right, so seven and six for me. Uh, at number seven, I have Ray Sloan. Um, okay. I I'm going to assume she's some she shows up on your list. Yes, she does. Okay, okay. So we're there. <laughs> at least we're at least we're somewhat on the same page. Um, 
This is a character that really feels all about ambition, right? It's this, it's um, kind of taking every step and everywhere she can to not, it didn't feel like power hungry to the sake of like, I want to rule over everything. Yes. But yep. ambition for herself and making her yep. place in the, in, in the galaxy and, and within the empire. Um, yep. She was not trying to lead everything. She was not trying to be the next emperor. Um, she is a character that is that shows up in a lot of places. So she's in she's in a new dawn, um, which was yep. again one of the first novels under the Disney um, acquisition, uh, the Lucasfilm acquisition by Disney. Um, she mm-hmm. showed up in the Kanan, uh, Kanan the Last Padawan comic by by Greg Weisman and Pepe Larraz. Um, and she also showed, she was also a main character in the Aftermath trilogy. Um, yep. so this character, I think more so than any of the main characters from like the main saga films has had some of the, mo- some of the best and most complete exploration, um, through, throughout canon media, which has been awesome to see for this character. She's, it's just ambition. It's ambition, and it's awesome watching her come up as this opposing force to Kanan time and time again. Um, her having these machinations, and her being this, for the most part, like, trustworthy. She's very trustworthy in herself. Like, you can trust what she says she's going to do something. She does it. But she's also not one of these cold, manipulating people who also can't trust anyone around her. Like, we notice what? that she does come to trust people, like we see it in the Aftermath trilogy. So she's, like, this refreshingly take like this refreshingly human take on an Imperial character that was just exciting. It's been exciting to watch pop up in so many different places. Um, so she is at my number seven. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, she's on my list, so I don't disagree with anything that you just said. She also pops up in, um, in she, she pops up in a bunch of different things, but she's also in, um, in, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the game that just came out. Um, uh, squadrons. Yeah, she's in Squadrons. Oh, see, I'd never, I didn't, you know, it's free on PS Plus right now. Um, okay, yeah. So I have yeah. downloaded it. I have yet, I have yet to play it. I've been trying to wait until I'm going, I'm going way off the topic, but I want to play it in VR. But I have to set the whole thing up, so that's a, that's a whole other thing. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, it's she's also yeah. one of those connective Please. tissue characters, which has been cool. Um, yeah. We really, you know, Disney has always made sure um, that. We really feel like this is one big universe. There's like one big tapestry. And by showing up in so many different places, while it's also kind of a corporate move, it's really cool story-wise. So um, that's been awesome. Oh, yeah. uh, my number six um, is the Grand Inquisitor. Um, okay. So yeah, you, I was wondering if he was going to show up. Yes, he, is, he was definitely going to show up. Um I know that you thought he was more memorable than Callus, and I will agree. That is why he's definitely higher on the list, though they both make my top ten. Um, you know, at, at first he comes across as... I think what... Uh, my thoughts are out of order here. Okay. Um, one, he is a menacing presence from the beginning. Like, that's... that's mm-hmm. we, we didn't have Vader in the first season of Rebels, so this is where he, this is where he primarily lives, and that is um, in Star Wars Rebels... Uh, the four season show and he's primarily the villain in the first season him and callus but he's with he's really the only force wielding well I don't, villain because we don't have vader yet vader doesn't show up um and he's our first introduction to the inquisitors the inquisitorious um that that palpatine founds and he's cool because he's menacing the first season but you really get to know him later throughout the other seasons when you find out that he was a temple guard all right for the jedi um, yep. And that he has this backstory um, and that he and then, you know, for whatever thing happens there, he then joins the Empire with Palpatine and he he leads the entire Inquisitoris with the fifth brother, six brothers, all those all those characters. Um, he reported to Darth Vader um, and he helped hunt the Jedi. And I think he's just there aren't many because the Empire takes place in a time where it's the rule of two. Right. Um, and not yep. we're not going back to the old Republic that you can't really have more than just a master and apprentice. So there aren't really any force users outside of Vader and, and Palpatine. So to see the the Inquisitors um, was awesome. And to have this kind of minor force-using, lightsaber-wielding characters led by this guy who, one, looked menacing because of... I, I forgot what species he is. 
Um, but he had this like really pale face with the red markings. Um, and then of course to see him, he was the introduction to the spinning double lightsaber. Um, I think everything about him, his introduction, his backstory, part of the Jedi, I'm a sucker for the good turns evil characters also, um, more so than I am for the bad turns good. Um, so I just think he's a great character and it's been awesome to, um, see him and to explore him further after he died. Spoilers if you've never seen Rebels. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, if you haven't seen Rebels, you should have seen it by now. Yeah, it's a long time ago. (laughs) That first season was, what, 2014? That was a long time ago. Yeah, Yeah. that's like seven years ago. Jeez, all right. But, um, but yeah, honestly, I don't have any of the Inquisitors on my list. Um, But if I did, the Grand Inquisitor would have been the one to be on my list. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so... Yeah, I just I, I don't know. There's something about just the, all of the Inquisitors that I just I couldn't really include any of them, even though there are many, even including the um, the second sister who was in Fallen Order. I think that's the only one out of outside of the yeah. Grand Inquisitor in terms of the numbered Inquisitors. It's probably yeah. the only one I would have included because of like we actually got some more story. The rest yeah. aren't. They're very one note. Right, they serve a, yeah. a singular purpose in their appearances, so you can't. It's hard to really pick any of them as, as being a favorite. Yeah, so I, I couldn't really pick any of them. But her and the Grand Inquisitor are, are my favorite of all the Inquisitors. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I just, I always look at them side by side with the Sith and the Jedi, and they just pale in comparison. Fair enough. I'm taking it but, as a, they come from this time when there are, are neither. So right. I guess that's also for me why i like him so much he also gets a slight exploration in the vader comic um which was cool to see the beginning of the inquisitorious so um oh yeah oh yeah i love that all right so sir you're six and five if i'm correct yes yep so my my six is iden versio um from the battlefront uh sour battlefront 2 video game um uh, which I mean, of course, I'm going through a lot of characters that were not in live action, which there are quite a few. I think there, there's there's hardly any. I think most. Of my, I that. think yeah, most of mine also are not live action. Yeah. So. Um, uh, which isn't a knock on any of the live action Imperials. They were great. Oh, they were great as well. But there's so much so much character development in the other mediums that it's just <laughs> it's hard not to pick the. Other I agree. Ones. Yeah, you can't really. We didn't get a chance to explore any of the real Imperials in the. Um, in the actual original yeah. trilogy, so yeah, uh, which there are some exceptions to that, which I'll get into later in my list Ooh. as well. But, Ooh. um, but yeah, Iden Versio is Iden Versio. I had to put Iden on my list. I love her character, I loved her in the book Inferno Squad, I love her in the game, I love her story from her being in this almost like I would say. I wouldn't necessarily say royal, but like a military family background um, and being this like ace uh, pilot to her eventual uh, her finding out about Operation Cinder and then her finding out or her eventually defecting and all just everything that she went through. Um, And then Janina Gavankar played her wonderfully. Um, And she she did the audiobook as well, the narration in the audiobook. so yeah, it was just her character is fantastic to me. Um, it's always best when you have these Imperials that again are not robots. They're they, and with her, it wasn't necessarily that she didn't lack that she lacked devotion to the Empire because she was devoted, but she eventually just got sick of of just she just started a losing sense of what the purpose of of just the chaos was. Yeah, it became senseless, and she noticed yeah, it became that, so yeah. senseless that she's just like this doesn't this why why are we doing this you know, and. Uh, so yeah, she had to make my top ten list as well. Um, so she is also on my list. Um, so her and, and Gideon Hask made my list. Del Miko is not on my list of the other kind of Infernal Squad members, but two Infernal Squad people did make my list. I did like their addition to the Star Wars lore and the Imperial lore, um, even though they were kind of we're kind of getting a lot of different squads in the Empire. Yeah, but I did are. like. Yeah, I did like their addition. Yeah, I, Iden is another. Then there's actually another character after Iden, but I, 
I didn't, because there are actually quite a few characters, memorable characters that have switched sides. Um, yep. And after including a couple, I wasn't sure how many more I wanted to include that weren't sure. just characters that stayed bad. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's something to be said about characters as 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 cool as a redemption arc is, and a and a a I turned good. I I noticed the senseless violence that was going on, and I decided that I, enough was enough. I just think there is something mm-hmm. also to be said about characters that just stay bad and either turn a blind eye to the violence or are okay with it. Um, so I didn't want to put too many um, of those characters. And then there's another one that would that I'll mention later, but yeah. but not now. But yeah, Iden's a great character, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, let's see, the number five on my list is Orson Krennic, um, from, uh, of course, Row One. Um, and, uh, I, uh, very much enjoyed, uh, Orson Krennic's character played by Ben Mendelsohn. I thought he did a fantastic job in Rogue One. Rogue One is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Um, uh, it's close to being my favorite. I love Rogue One. So Orson Krennic had to make my list. Um, I also liked Orson Krennic in the uh, Catalyst novel as well, which goes even further into Galen Erso's story with Orson Krennic, um, and of course Jin Erso as well. Uh, he's so he's another one where it's it isn't it isn't um, uh, like you were talking about race loan. It isn't necessarily this blind devotion to the cause. It's ambition with him, you know. And it's him, you know, using his ability to to manipulate and orchestrate um, and, you know, really trying to exploit Galen Erso for everything that he's worth to gain power or to gain really almost like almost like a, a stature almost in the Empire. Um, and I don't know, I just I just thought it was played so well Um and I also love the character design, too. I'm just going to be honest. I love the white cape. It's just, it all just works really yeah, well. Yeah, the white cape <laughs> is cool, man. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. So Orson Krennic had to make my list. So he's uh, he's in my top five. Uh, we have our placement for Krennic very close. Um, so I'll give you I'll give you my five. Um, number five uh, for me is Moff Gideon. Um, that, you know that from the Mandalorian played by the amazing Giancarlo Esposito. Um, mm, I rethink my list. Yeah. I, I, was, I completely forgot about him. See, he's an, he's a character that we're seeing him <laughs> in the Mandalorian, right? So it's six yeah. years after the empire. And so the murky waters of, we well, didn't really see him in the empire. So would this count for the list? And right. I said, you know what? He's still a bad guy. Yeah, he's yeah, from he's the time bad. of the empire. Yeah. He's working for one of the factions. And this is another case, like with the client, Werner Herzog, and Callus with David Oyelowo, that the actor is bringing so much presence and gravitas to the character that kind of, they kind of bleed together. Um, and thus, that gravitas and commanding presence I now associate with Moff Gideon in the name. And if he ever shows up anywhere, like that's how I'm recognizing the character. Um, he is a former officer. Well, not former. He's an officer in the Imperial Security Bureau. Um, mm-hmm. uh, after the fall of the Empire at Jack Endor and Jack Who, he is searching for the child for his experiments. And we know he's he's working on. He created the Dark Troopers, uh, or had a role in creation of the Dark Troopers, and as well is looking for the for Grogu's blood for what seemed to be cloning experiments. Um, and he is just a wickedly cool character. It's really just it. Like from the second he popped on screen, um, he, he had a commanding presence. He, he was not somebody to be trifled with. He was somebody that you knew when he was part of the empire, people were listening. Um, and I think that very much just carried over to the Mandalorian and he's just a cool character and he's Giancarlo Esposito and how could I not put him on the list? So you know what I you did it to me with Sienna Re you I'm doing it to you with with Gideon. Oh yeah, yeah, it's totally throwing my list all out of whack. Um, You're welcome. I yeah <laughs> yeah I probably put him uh, uh, probably right below Krennic, and that'll probably just bump Galley's racks off my list. But 
Um, See, we all just we we're we're both bumping people. We're both updating our list on the fly. Yeah, so bumping people off the list. I completely forgot about him. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy crazy how i forgot about him um you weren't but, looking at live yeah. action people you were talking about all yeah. the all the animated and you know page people yeah yeah i mean i think I, honestly i think our lists are going to be updated with the mandalorian and the book of boba fett and you know i think we're going to get a lot more oh yeah a lot of a lot more imperials oh this is huh? an ever-evolving list same with our book yeah. lists, and then the other lists we're gonna do following this one. And these will will what if you come back to us in six months? Obviously, they will probably have changed. So, <laughs> yeah, probably. I but I'm also fickle in general, so mine can change in six days. So um, <laughs> that that's just me. That's just me. Um, okay, so that was my five for with Moff Gideon. My four is your number five, and that is director Orson Krennic. Right. Um, and both this five and four, it's all about the capes, man. It's all about oh. the capes. <laughs> Moff Gideon's black cape and Orson Krennic's white cape. They look majestic as all hell. Dude, it's... Uh, <laughs> um, I'd be thinking about joining the Empire just because of that cape. Right? Wow. Right? <laughs> he, this is, yes, another character. I think it's even more an extreme than Ray Sloan where it was about ambition. Um... And this was mo- this was even more self-serving, more self-serving um, ambition in which he was clearly, clearly willing to step on anyone to get to where he wanted to be. Um, and then mm-hmm. even when he was where he wanted to be, there was still somebody putting him in his place. Um, and that kind of back and forth that we see happen in Catalyst, which I think is a wonderful prequel to Rogue One. Um, yeah. And we learn all about his relationship with... Um, Galen Urso and Lyra Urso and the family mm-hmm. and his rocky relationship with this, you know, with the Empire and everything happening. And he and he really wants his place, but he feels like he's not getting his shot. He's just one again, played by the wonderful Ben Mendelsohn. So Star Wars keeps oh. giving us fantastic actors who just kill their performances. Um, and then yeah. two, yeah, his character, the ambition, the self-serving um, nature, the stepping on anyone, willing to kill anyone without any remorse. All he cares about is, I I love his blow up. Um, when he when when Tarkin in Rogue One kind of says, "I will assume you know command of this battle station now that's operational." He goes, "You are standing on my achievements," and it, it's just yeah. a wonderful scene, and like you can just feel like the the anger he has and the desperation he has. To be so much more than he feels like he is. Uh, so it's hard. It would have been hard not to include him um, on this list. Yeah, he had to be on the list. I mean, he's so... Um, and, of course, Ben Mendelsohn. I mean, hats off to him. He played him wonderfully Oh yeah. in, in Rogue One. Um, I mean, he... and I, I Honestly, he's a character I, I kind of knew just from seeing him in trailers and other things i'm like yeah he's he's one of my favorite imperials uh hands down um and uh, of course his interactions with vader his interactions with tarkin are iconic um so yeah he, i mean he's kind of an easy one i knew he had to be on my list as well so yeah i'm, I'm not surprised there that he's on yours glad we agree glad we agree all right so am i doing um Four and three. I believe so. Okay. I, th- I unless I lost track, but keep just 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 go with it. All right. So my number four is Eli Vanto from the Thrawn, oh. uh, the original Thrawn trilogy. I know that may seem very high to some people who are listening. If they're listening and they're like, "Oh my god, how do you? Who is this? I don't know." So blasphemy, Shamari, is... blasphemy. We can't do the show anymore. <laughs> So he's above, obviously, he's above a lot of very notable, famous Imperials. He's like, if you were, if you were to, and I, of course, I love the Thrawn books, so you know, of course, I'm guilty of you know, whatever bias or whatever. But he's basically like the Watson to Thrawn Sherlock Holmes, right? And it's, and he ends up learning so much from him, and throughout the Thrawn trilogy, he almost becomes like a Thrawn, like a mini Thrawn, basically. Um, or a human-ish, like, Thrawn. He learns how to, like, process things and how to 
how to be a tactician basically on a battlefield like Thrawn. Um, and it is, uh, and seeing him and he was someone that didn't even really care about, about the military or anything like that. Like, it's just so, it's just so interesting to see him go from that, that just being a, a shipping person to being like a commander in the Imperial Navy. So I, and, you know, again, just of course, is seeing his character progress and seeing him kind of play this Watson-esque role to Thrawn, but also kind of be his own commander in his own right as well, was just really fun to see. And um, so, yeah, he is he is my number four. So I had to add him as well. He's the, uh, the only exposure I have to that character is the graphic novel ad- adaptation of mm-hmm. the first book so i just am completely un- unequipped to be able to put him on any list but but he sounds right. like a fantastic character um so so i am a little i guess surprised to see him on top of so many other characters but again i haven't read it so uh but yeah no he seems from everything you're saying he seems like a great character yeah yeah i mean he um he works off of thrawn a lot uh, but but he's also a, a great character, I think, in his own right. Um, so I, I, yeah, I don't know. For me, he was another obvious one for me where I was like, yeah, he's, he's going to be on my list. It will probably, probably be pretty high um, on my list as well. Uh, he seems like such a, he's such a rags to riches kind of, and it's not even riches, it's just, it's just like position. Um, and someone, again, who he was nobody. He was someone that wasn't going to really do anything. And he was satisfied with being nobody. He didn't want to do anything. But he, he ended up kind of latching onto Thrawn and then rising up in the ranks of the Empire. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. I just love that. Something about that story, I'm just like, yeah, this is this is awesome. Um, so, yeah, he is my, he is my number four. Um, you know, and, of course, you know, I highly recommend the Thrawn trilogy, as always. So definitely check that out. He's a great character in those books. Um and my number three is Ray Sloan. Um, so Ray Sloan had to be on my list. Um, I know he, uh, she's on your list as well. She's number three, so she's very high on my list. Wow, yeah, I, I was Ray wondering Sloan. where you, where she was going to land. Yeah, she's very high on my list. So Ray Sloan is one of my favorite Imperials, easily. Uh, uh, for me, it was, a, it was, I mean, really two through four was kind of just really even for me. Um, it was kind of just, they could just kind of flip flop wherever they want to go. But Ray Sloan was, is, is easily top five, easy for me. So she's number three. Um, she's fantastic. So her, again, like you said, her ambition and her drive to, and it isn't even, like you said, it's not, you know, she's not like an ideologue. She isn't just so devoted to the empire. She's devoted to things being done the right way in the proper order. Mm-hmm and efficiently that's that's what she's married yeah um in terms of her character and she's so good at it she's so good at everything that she does and you know and it's you know she's not you know some kind of sadist or anything she just wants to get things done right and she knows that she's the best person to do it because she knows that she is able enough to do it she ends up rising through the ranks as you see her appear in all these various different books short stories and other things um games and stuff she is just she is just like i'm just like i need to see more race loan because every time i see her she's always impressing me with what she's doing you know what she who she's interacting with she has a short story in um from a certain point of view in the second one uh the empire strikes back from a certain point of view that's, that's right. fantastic yeah and it's written by john jackson miller who created the character so it's just it's it's great. That's another wonderful interaction. It is so yeah. She's easily, easily my number three. I want my. I hope to see her in live action eventually at some point, um, or even animated. I settle for animated, but I, I definitely want to see more of her, and hopefully we get that. Yeah, no, we obviously both agree because she's on my top ten. And while she isn't that high, she's. I could make any case that I could put her above some of the other characters too that I hadn't. No, she is. She has be quickly become one of, one of like not even just favorite imperial characters, but one of my favorite characters in terms of 
the new canon, which is right. um, which is cool, which has been really awesome to follow. Um, I feel like I know where your who your top two are then, but I won't. I don't want to say probably, anything. Probably. Probably. Um, <laughs> um, I will give you. Um, also, I'll here. I'll give you my number three and two, um, and then you can okay. give me your two, and then one, and I'll give you my one. Um, my number three is Wilhuff Tarkin. Um, okay. I this is like. If you're not choosing the Emperor and you're not choosing Vader from the original trilogy, then you're choosing Tarkin. Like right. that, it's that's it's that's it's not hard. That's an, that's he's another person you could have made that case for. It's too easy to land on the list. Should we include him? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, you could have probably. We could have, but you know, we we had to keep one obvious favorite in there. Yeah. What is there to say that like hasn't been said about Tarkin before? Um, he is, he's very regent. He's very regal. There's a air of, um, sophistication. And we know that he was a, you know, a bureaucrat and a politician and a military officer, um, that there is just so much this guy. And you know, what's, what's been awesome, both through the animated series, the Tarkin novel, um, it's to see the layers and where this guy came from and like, how tough he really is. Oh, yeah. Oh, that God. that really, like, yes, you feel it in his presence in A New Hope, um, played by Peter Cushing, and then his cameo in Rogue One, but that if you haven't read this outside material, you're really missing out on what really makes this man, who really is just a force to be yep. reckoned with. Like, anybody in the room, just you're recognizing Tarkin, not just because of his super high position, um, and... and the man was what Grand Admiral Tar, not Grand Admiral. I mean, like Grand, Grand yeah, Grand Moff, which is the highest of all positions, right? Like no one's higher in the Empire in terms of their ranking and hierarchy. Um, and you see why, and you see why the Emperor trusts him. Like this is this is this is a guy that has earned the trust of Vader, and Vader trusts like no one. That this this is ah, uh, the you uh, again favorite. It's easy to pick, but I think Canon has even made him. His imposing status even more imposing and more impressive, so he he obviously is on the list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Tarkin is. Um, I mean, I I mean, you basically said everything I was going to say. I mean, Tarkin is fantastic, um, and uh, I mean, uh, Peter Cushing does a amazing job, uh, obviously, uh, portraying Tarkin in, in the. Uh, in the uh, a new hope and i mean like you said i mean the book i mean james lucino i mean he does a hell of a job of characterizing tarkin i mean i went from not really caring that much about tarkin to like loving tarkin yeah yeah (laughs) like like, oh my god like i need to see more tarkin you know like wow so so yeah i mean i i don't disagree with anything that you said tarkin is fantastic um at my number two um, is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, okay. My exposure to Thrawn is so much more limited than yours um, because I don't read the Thrawn novels. I have not read the, was it the Heir to the Empire books? Yep. Um, yep. From the old expanded universe. I am not familiar. But what I do know is the splash that he made um, in Rebels, season three and four. And in season three and four, he wasn't even, I think, at the height of where, um, like, his prowess was in the other iterations of the books we've seen. But he is just such a beautiful tactician. Like, there, there's an mm-hmm. elegance to his um, to his strategy and to his his to the way he moves forward, the way he studies and learns his opponents. Like one of the things in season three says the best way to learn about a people is to like study their art and study their culture. And like, this is just something you don't see from any Imperial. And you obviously know this more from the culture he came from and the ascendancy. And I don't know anything about that. So my really, my, 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 his placement on this list so high is just from, Everything that I feel was just hinted at that we just got a taste of in Rebels. Um, and honestly, it should probably like provoke me into reading everything else 
but I haven't. Um, but I I feel it hard that I could not put I wouldn't how could I not put him on this list? He he's just a command another commanding presence that just feels like uh, there's just a, a a set an air to him, an atmosphere when he's around and when he's in the room. That's just like you're watching a a beautiful mind work whenever he's talking strategy or tactician. Um, so that that was uh, he's my number two. Yeah, I'm I'm going to assume that he's not to spoil your list, but he's he's in your top two. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. You go 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 yeah. go for it then. Give us your top right. two. Yeah. So so you I mean you kind of spoiled my top two. So, so... number two for me is Tarkin. <laughs> And uh, number one for me is Thrawn. <laughs> I ca- I knew it too. I had them in the same order as you. Yeah. So number two is Tarkin. So for all the reasons you said, I mean, Tarkin is he's fantastic. I loved his novel. He's an easy, 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 easy. It's just he's just you know he but you read the novel, he becomes one of your favorite Imperials. So, you know, it's, that's kind of hands yep. down. You you already love him from the movie. Um. So. I mean, he's he's so like you said, he's so calculating. But I mean, he is he's cold blooded in but in like the best way in the way of just, you know. In the way of just he was just he was raised to be like a warrior, basically, Um, but like an intelligent warrior, not like a savage. Well, but like a savage in a way, but in a way where it's just like all you care about is victory. Like a restrained savage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like by any means necessary. Whatever you have to do, do it. Um. So it's it's like it's it's like it's still it's just really cool to see, honestly. And it, and um, you know, it's that kind of it's that kind of like relentlessness. It, it, you see why he ends up becoming a grand moth. And you see him move up again in the ranks of the Empire, and you see Palpatine being acknowledged by people like Palpatine, and they're like, "Yeah, no, this guy, I need him by by my side," um, and rightfully so. So it's you know, Tarkin is, is is for me is an easy number two, and Thrawn is my number one. I mean, for I mean, obviously there's the heir to the Empire. I try not to count that, even though it, even not counting that, he's still my number one. But um, but just for every even for everything canon related. He's my number one. I mean, he is uh, his. He's just a tactician, like you said. It's just his just his tact ability to analyze um, the enemy through their art, you know, through their history, and just to completely dismantle them is just something to behold. And seeing him interact with the other Imperials, being an alien, which is something that you would have never thought. That this you know alien would be would be a uh, would be a an admiral a grand admiral at that, but he is because he he can't be beaten. <laughs> so it's really um, I mean I just Thrawn he, is is my favorite Imperial right now outside of Vader and the Emperor. Yeah, I yeah I figured he was your. I did not mean to ruin your top two. In <laughs> fact, we very much almost had the same top two. But I had to move someone else. Number one, which I'm about to say, yeah, the the empire was very xenophobic. Am I correct? Oh yes, yeah, super yeah entirely it was xenophobic. You didn't find so that just points to how impressive this guy, how impressive Thrawn is, and once again the emperor recognizing, um, we need him, like we need him at one of the highest frontline military positions, and that is why he is Grand Admiral. He's He's too valuable. And, like, I think the best thing you said was the dismantling. Like, it's not... He doesn't just beat the opponent. No, he dismantles his opponent. He completely oh, breaks yeah. them down. Um, and that... that That's awesome. That's just awesome. And I, I don't think in the entire... All of what we've gone through in any other character, I don't think there's any officer that comes close. Like, outside of Tarkin. That, that, that comes close in terms of just pure, brilliant, like, officer... Like that's it, like ugh, so good. Yep. Ugh. Um. All right. So yeah. my number I'm very one. Curious yes, number my one. number one, and this might be because I'm just like high off of of my recent go through with it, but 
my number one is Major Soren Keys. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. I know. I know. I know. And I don't know if this is blasphemy. I don't know. But there's something very human. And that all of our characters outside of, you know, Thrawn, but all of our characters have been human. Sienna Ree, your your very, mm-hmm. very human motivations. It's not it's not ambition. All of them are human. But there's something about mm-hmm. Keys and being so for his team and so for Shadowwing that just kind of mm-hmm. wins me over completely. Right? So this is a character that is an ace. He's an ace pilot. He's a great he's he's a good commander, right? A good ma- colonel. He he became the colonel of Shadow Wing. He's a good leader. Um but I think what m- matters most is that he really wants to give his squad purpose even when he doesn't believe in the empire. Right? He's so after the in the after in the Alphabet Squadron trilogy after Devin in the first book and we really get to follow him in Shadowfall in Victory's Price. We see that he doesn't agree with the senseless violence of the Empire. He realizes that there is no direction to any of this. That this is the Emperor enacting just, if I can't have the 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 galaxy, then nobody can have the galaxy. Right? Like, like that's what Operation Cinder was about. So, the yeah. fact that he has this line, and thank you, Wikipedia, for having it right up. Um... War is always monstrous, but that doesn't make us monsters. Like, he's not, he doesn't agree with the senseless violence, but he knows that there's no necessarily just leaving the Empire. He knows that there are people in his squad that wouldn't just leave. He knows that he tried that and it, it didn't work. So his, his option was to come back and really just give them a purpose. To lead them down a path that was as good for them as possible. And then at the end of the trilogy, to try to look out for his people so that they could have a they could have a future, like they could have a life after the Empire to get rid of this database so that they don't serve time under the New Republic um, law. I I just think he goes beyond the Empire in a way that a lot of the other Imperials that we talked about don't. Um, and without turning good, he didn't turn he didn't turn to the good side. He tried to leave, he tried to be Devin, but he still then tried to be this kind of this kind of leader. Um, for his for his squad mm-hmm. under the Empire, which I just don't think we see very often in Star Wars. Um, it's sometimes usually it becomes it's good or bad, unfortunately. And he was such it's bad, but there's I'm trying to do so much good with these people, um, and that is why Soren Keys is my number one right now. Um, yeah, I know. Very, you know, if I if I had read the Thrawn novels. And I had so much more exposure to him. Maybe Thrawn would have been number one and Keys at number two. And again, it could be just me riding the high of Victory's Price um, and just that whole trilogy and being, you know, finishing it most recently in terms of Star Wars material. Um, but yeah, either way, even if he drops from one or two, he still ends up in, in my top ten for sure and in my top five, almost 99%. Um, so yeah, that's my number one. Um, that's yeah. That's very interesting to me. I I did not think you were gonna have him have him at number one. See, that's I told you I was. I told you he'd be on my list. You just would not <laughs> be able to guess his placement. I told you. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, um, very interesting. He's on my list too. Yeah. I, I definitely he because I knew he was gonna be on my list. I love Soaring Keys, but yeah, I probably couldn't put him above Tarkin or Thrawn. Well, I know you didn't read the Thrawn trilogy, so so. All right, see, so it wasn't blasphemous for me to put him above Thrawn. It might have been blasphemous for me to put him above Tarkin, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, that has, so this was this was awesome, man. I did not, we, we our, both of our lists were thrown out of whack today. That was, that was cool. Yep. <laughs> this is yep. what happens yep. when neither of us That's sees each other's list until the, until the moment of, um, that, that's, that's, this is cool. I'm so glad we did this. This was cool. This was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We should definitely do this. We should do this again later, probably you know, years later, probably. But, um, but yeah, we should do some more of these. So there's there's definitely other groups, the um, like the rebellion, of course. Which I'm sure that'll be an easy one. Uh, you know, Jedi. Mm-hmm. 
There's plenty of Jedi, plenty of Sith. Well, actually, no, there aren't plenty of Sith. But um, if you got any Legends, there's plenty of Sith. But I don't know if we're gonna do that. Well, we, um, we can consider that. We yeah, consider we can, that. yeah, we yeah we can we can. Let's we keep can it in the back it. of the mind. Yeah, yeah, but we should definitely do more of these lists. Oh, for sure. Oh, and I love that. I love that we don't know each other's list until we go in. It yep. makes for a much more interesting um, discussion. It really oh, yeah. does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that has been my top 10 and Shamari's top 10 Imperials. Um, it did go mostly within the original trilogy era. Um, a little bit outside with me when I chose a couple characters that hit the Mandalorian. Um, uh, this is there. There are, like you said, there are a lot of opportunities for other time periods that are also evil-ish and imperial-ish characters. You know, New Order. Um, we can go. There's a bunch of new stuff being introduced, so we could always do that. That's cool. Um, next week, we will most likely have. I'm hoping top ten Jedi. Um, which will probably be our okay. next list, yeah. which which will be fun because there's a lot of people. We, there's a lot we could choose from um, for that and a lot more that are being introduced like every month thanks yeah, to the High Republic. Jedi, Masters, Padawans. Oh, yeah. Uh, this yeah, could this of... could be a long one, but we're going to keep it to 10. But it could have yeah. been a long one. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So I would be on the... If you're listening, be on the lookout for that. Um, we'll have top 10 Jedi next week. Again, we had our top 10 Imperials today. Um, Shamari, I'm so glad we did this. Dude, where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me. Um, uh, you can find me personally on Snapchat and Instagram at MCSham22. You can check out my podcast. I have a podcast on the New Generation Podcast Network. That's NU Generation Podcast Network. Everywhere you can, everywhere you can just search wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, uh, you know, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. And um, you can uh, find my podcast. It's called The Imperial Broadcast. We try to do it every few weeks, but we've been very busy lately, so we haven't been able to do it too recently. But uh, you should definitely check us out. Um, yeah, the, you should check out New Generation. I say it every week, um, and I will continue to say it because that's just a fantastic network over there. Um, and the variety of shows is awesome. And, and Shamari and his um, his brother is just just run great shows um so definitely check them out um this has been geeking out over star wars if you like what you hear um please like follow subscribe wherever you get your podcasts apple music amazon music spotify um and thank you for listening and hopefully we'll see you next week